Hey everybody, on this episode of the official Do Good Better podcast, I chat with Mark Buzan. Who's Mark? He's the founder of the Society of Nonprofit Board of Directors and a fellow Northerner. Yes, he's from Canada. If you don't hear a boot in the uh, in the podcast, you're not paying attention close enough. And he's actually bringing a really important point to the podcast, which is: Do we pay enough attention to the perspective of board members? Not what they can do, but who they are and what they love and why they're there in the first place. Do we treat them like employees? Do we treat them like donors? The answer is probably no. And he gives some amazing tips and tricks on how to engage your board in a more personal way so that you know them better, they can work with you better, and that your entire organization does better. Mark does a great job of answering that. Listen, speaking of doing better, is your life as a fundraiser kind of out of control and you're running on fumes and you're slow on funding and you need a system to, to gain more impact? I bet the answer is yes. So my friend, Mark Timmer, uh, Derek Timmerman, uh, from the Nonprofit Leader Academy has actually put together an entire training with everything you need to crush without burning out. That sounds like you. You need to go to nonprofitleader.academy for a free sample of the training. It's really easy. It's really quick to register. You're going to get a lot out of the actual free training, and I guarantee you're probably going to want to sign up to do the rest. So go to nonprofitleader.academy, click on the free sample, click on it, and you're going to do better. It's going to be great. Can't wait for you to enjoy this episode of the official Do Good Better podcast with Mark Buzan. Listen, learning all about why you should concentrate on learning about your board members on a more personal level. Enjoy the show. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk to people who are going to help small, medium-sized nonprofits figure out their stuff. One of the things that I think our small, medium-sized nonprofit friends can't figure out and like just it's the most difficult thing in the world is our board of directors. What on earth are they thinking sometimes? What on earth are we doing with them sometimes? I'm really glad that we got our guest today who's going to help us figure out a perspective, not from you, but from your boards. And it's something that I think we don't spend enough time uh, talking about and thinking about. It's going to be a great episode today. So I'd like to introduce Mark uh, Buzan, who's the uh, founder of the Society of Nonprofit Board Directors and actually the host of an upcoming event, the Nonprofit Board Summit. Mark, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you, Patrick. Such an honor to be with you. It's going to be a great uh, show today because it is talking about a um, an angle that I don't think we as the nonprofit executives or we as the nonprofit fundraisers acknowledge or talk about uh, whether we're allowed to or whether we just don't take it upon ourselves to do that. And as from the perspective of the board director, but before we get into that, uh, somebody's kind of scrolling through and they're like, I love this topic. I'm really interested, but I don't know who Mark is. So let's go start at the start, 5,000 foot view, uh, kind of who you are, uh, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Thank you very much, Patrick. Uh, So uh, as you, as you indicated, uh, there's, there's quite a story behind my past, frankly, as uh, that led me to wanting to f- really understand board directors' perspectives, and found the Society of Nonprofit Board Directors. So, my I, I spent the better better part of twenty odd years 
working in non-for-profit organizations. And I got my, after getting my start in career, I worked for a member of parliament out there in, in Canada. And um, where I, where I started off really going or going through things was first off doing the natural progression after working on parliament, I did a little lobby in the government relations. And, and, and I would like to joke, it was only the nonprofits or the associations would hire us poor hacks. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so, so I got exposed to a lot of interesting perspectives first in that very, very first role that I left. I, I, I kind of mm-hmm. quote the, if, you, if people didn't see me doing the air quotes, my first real job after leaving par, uh, Parliament was working for a very small uh, industry association where it was literally just myself and the executive director. And I was employee number two in this uh, they'd ever had in this organization. He, mm-hmm. So I, I was following him very in-depthly in, in his relationship that he had with the board itself. And it, sometimes it could be very precarious. Sometimes it was, there's a lot of things. It was just a very interesting dynamic and seeing very much from their perspective of where things going and then advancing on to a variety of different roles uh, as, as an independent and then up to being an independent consultant and then eventually coming back as an executive director, president, CEO. So I spent the better part of that in public policy and, and first and, and, and then later with uh, non-for-profits, particularly my background, although I've got a lot of charitable experience, it's been mostly on, I would say, on the, non- on the association side mm-hmm. of the nonprofit family. And often, I'm, I think I'm guilty of this. I, I'm very guilty of this. I kind of think of myself as a reformed executive director. Uh, I saw one side of the story. Yeah. I saw one side of the story, you know, like this. I saw the staff side of things. We're in it every single day. This is we we live and we breathe. We're passionate about this. You get it. We let it come to the come to the office. Foot up our, our. I get my 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 cappuccino machine and I'm at work and I'm at, I'm at work and I'm doing this kind of stuff. And and the board is kind of like the it would be particularly. I started figuring this, finding this as I got. I ascended to the top job, if you will, uh, at one organization where I was the executive director. It started out fantastic, and everybody, uh, executive directors, they have what we call the honeymoon phase, where nothing can go possibly, possibly wrong. Oh, and then the, the best, isn't that the best phase? Though? It is the amazing oh. thing because they, they, the board, they, they take everything you say, they lap it up, and it, and it's for somebody who's got an ego. And a minute, they an ego, and like this, this was amazing. It's incredibly, amazingly dangerous after a while. You start lap, lapping it up, and then a year and a half later. 80% of my board changed. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that board didn't come in, didn't have the same familiarity with the, the issues and the reasons why I was hired like this. Mm-hmm. And I immediately went from hero to zero, Patrick, because I had a number of board members who literally could, you couldn't even breathe. And I'm not an executive director, they're probably really nice that can manage the, 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 the micromanagers uh, on yeah. this. And that drove me absolutely crazy. Sure. I left that organization and only to go into another one and find out what, well, frankly, uh, the uh, exact op the the exact opposite thing. Where as like quote Doctor Phil is like you'd have to literally jump on the hood of their car to get their attention, kind of on, right. on some really really big issues. Now, ultimately, because of my knowledge and pondering on this very much, I kept on saying we've got to do this, we've got to do this, we got to do this, and that just ended up just cheesing them off, frankly, and. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say I like to say is I ended up on the wrong end of an argument. Right. This. Now, initially, what happened after that experience was, of course, of course, the you know the shock, the awe, your disappointment. You know, what are you going to do? And 
And inevitably, you go out to people that you respect and you're saying, you know, this is what happened. And how do you do? How do, how do we get around this? And, and um, what one of them told me, there's this gentleman up here in, in Canada whom I respect enormously. He's really well known in, in terms of, uh, of HR placements for CEOs. And now it's James Jack, Jack Shannon. And I asked him a little bit about what happens. And he said very calmly, he says, Mark, I don't think you're cut out to be an executive director. Interesting. Ouch. Ouch. He says, you're far too entrepreneurial for this. Mm. So I, 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 because I respect Jack, I, I said, uh, thank you, Jack. And I, you know, he, he says, you could go off and do your own thing and manage and work with work particularly with boards and that. Well, I, I hung up the phone and I said, that guy must be crazy. I'm not going to go off and do something like that. Was, but after speaking with a number of people, particularly board directors, get their perspective. I said, you know what? I maybe I've been missing. Maybe there was something to this. That after all, he wasn't that so crazy. After all, I, maybe I should listen to him. And that led me down to a path, frankly, of a from my own little journey, if you will, of okay, realizing, oof, I okay, maybe in retrospect, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I missed that burn. I didn't see that tone from their perspective of things. Mm-hmm. To getting a, a, a really, and fast forwarding a few years later, realizing, okay, because I come from an association background, I mean, I'm a little bit more biased. I happen to believe that one of the best ways you can learn is from your peers. Mm-hmm. That's why through human history, we've had, um, you know, guilds, societies. That's just, just that used to be the way that you would learn a trade or whatever that made it from everybody else. Mm-hmm. I looked around and I said, well, A, just from strictly from a business building perspective, but also from more altruistic spirit, uh, how, why do we keep on in nonprofits, keep on repeating the same damn problems all over again, over and over and over? Why do we keep on having the same dialogues and all these different dialogues about where boards go wrong like this? Mm-hmm. And it's usually my, I, I, I was quite amazed, A, a few things. One, if you look at a lot of the dialogue out there, it tends to be driven by former executive directors, executive directors, consultants who've been executive directors. And I don't want to blast you because I'm one of them as well. But I, I, I found that really intuitive. Nobody ever bothered to ask, well, what about the other side of the coin here? Usually, isn't it true? And in, in, in then in an argument or a disagreement, there's usually two sides to Two, vo- two different points of view. And I mean, that's why we have arbitrators right, to, 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 to negotiate kind of things. It seemed to be that the voices of the executive directors, be- and I think this is largely because they're in it every single day. They do it all the time. They're dedicated to this. Whereas board directors, this is, I, I, I say, this is off the corner of their desk, right? This is not their, for, their full-time passionate thing. Most of them, if they get che- cheesed off, you know, I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm out of here, buddy. And, and they don't lose anything out of it. Right, but the nonprofit sector, frankly, loses big when that happens. You know, it's funny that uh, when you are a fundraiser, you're yeah. um, you're programmed to ask really good questions and listen to the donors. Right, you're yeah. you're you're uh, you're listening for their perspectives. You're trying to understand where they come from so that you can match whether it's a program or service or some sort of fundraising opportunity, so that they feel really great about where they're coming from. And ironically, those who are helping run the organization that you're trying to raise money for, who can give the best direction, are the people that we're asking better questions and listening to the least. Yeah. Ironically, this is kind of where you're setting this up for is that we never really come to a understanding from where the board is 
Rather, we just assume that they're going to fit the mold. You never want to put, you know, from a hiring standpoint, right? You go to an HR per, person, mm-hmm. you put, you try to fit a square peg round hole, doesn't work, yeah. right? Never works out. Mm-hmm. And yet, I think we do that a lot with our board members because we got to check boxes, right? So we've got a banker we need to check, might not understand our, uh, our, yeah. uh, our folks, we don't do it. They're going to be in because they've got this as a background. And they become a background or an expertise rather than a person that we need to understand from a personal standpoint. Isn't that, that's Isn't that funny. The truth? Yeah, because that's, that's, you know, I've yet to, in my many discussions, uh, maybe one of these days, I'm after having spoken to these, I, I swear I'm going to say one of these days, I'll maybe I'll do a formalized study on this, but I, everything I've been doing is really just, I'm giving anecdotal, having speaking right. this. I've yet to met a single board director who says, I do this because I have a passion for doing the minutes. Or I, have a, or I do this because I have a passion for hearing committee reports. Right. Yep. Nobody. I consent agendas, man, I get out of the bed in the morning for those. Yeah. I'd love Nobody to does that. Nobody yeah. does that. Yeah, we keep on ramming that down their throats and like yeah. this. Oh, this. Um, the reason why, and I challenge anybody who's going to go out and do this, is don't be content with what I call the motherhood statements. Mm. Oh, I want to give back or not that. No, no, come on, cut the crap. Why are you really doing this? Yeah. Why are you really doing this? Mm-hmm. Everybody on planet Earth, a human being, this is a natural thing, does, as they say, from a psychological reason, does things for one of three reasons. Okay? Health, wealth, relationships. Okay? This, I think, you're not going to get wealthy from this. <laughs> not going to maybe get healthy from it. Maybe mentally, I don't know. But that's, yeah. kind, of <laughs> dubious, that's kind of dubious, yeah. frankly. Yeah. It's on the relationship side mm-hmm. of things. And part of relationships is your own feeling about yourself, about feeling good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel, uh, you, you want, everybody wants to be around somebody who makes them feel good about themselves, really. Mm-hmm. And where am I going with this is when I really push them and I says, come on, you really seriously, you take time away from your friends, your family, your hobbies, your business, your career. Surely you got better something, something better to do with your life than sit around a boring boardroom and, and look at uh, financial reports, committee reports, and eat stale donuts and drink uh, coffee on, on a Saturday, all, all of your Saturday, yeah. right? Surely you got this. What gives? Come on, really. And after the chuckling's done, uh, I guess, because I, I put it a little bit light to try to open it up there, they say, you know what? I feel because I want to feel part, I'm, I'm, I'm part of something bigger than myself. Yeah. I want to feel like I've made a mark. I've left a legacy. I've made an impact. And my little contribution has been part of that. It's the same. It, that's the same answer that donors give. The same yeah. answers that donors give. And we don't treat our board members the way that we treat our donors because they're part of the team. They're, we've got our horse yeah. blinders on. They got a mission to do and you got a job to do. Well, if you're not going to do that, What's the turnover rate? What's the rate of people who are going to develop an ire for what your ideas are because you're not investing the time to have them feel like they came up with it as well? The same way that you have a donor reach out and going to give you $1,000, for example, and you reach out and say your impact for that $1,000 does develop this and help us promote this and did this with our uh, clients or those that we serve. Are you doing that with your donors or with your board members to say you're the hours that you put in here developed this program that helped this many individuals? Did you personalize it? 
Or do you just group it together and then as a, as a collective and it's part of a line item that's either red, yellow, or green on a budget line that you just throw up there because you got to get through the motions in order to get this whatever task you have at a board meeting done. Isn't that the truth? I mean, this is, look, the, the, the dialogue I watch out there, I find sometimes honestly rather troubling, mm-hmm. honestly troubling about the viewpoint sometimes about if you, if you read the Reddits, uh, the, the subreddits, Sometimes if you read the blogosphere of, uh, about this, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not going to say, look, I'm personal witness that where, where I can tell you where boards can go bad, you know, uh, you know, that they, they can go bad. I, I'm not going to tell you that, Yeah, but there's two sides of the fence. There's two sides of the story here. And one of the things that is just so amazing, and you, you alluded to it there is you only have to look on LinkedIn or, or, or elsewhere like this about the whole story about that the, the, our culture is shifting and a corporate culture is shifting about the importance of getting the right people yeah. into an organization, Correct. creating the right uh, kind of a culture that's inclusive, that people feel right, that feel appreciated. And that's fantastic. That's great. We need that kind of work like this because that makes for a better workforce. Yet, the most important role, one of the most important advisory strategic roles Nothing. Yeah. Usually the most, uh, I, I personally, maybe it's out there, but mm-hmm. all of the job descriptions, quote unquote job descriptions for board roles or volunteer roles is it's a listing of everything that's going to be expected of you. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. We import that out, but you miss out a huge opportunity to be able to track that. We want the, as Jim Collins in his book, uh, um, good to great says that you want the level five leadership, those, that, right. that, those type of people that really push it forward. they get it. They're in it there. You gotta, you, we've got to do, we, we do a piss poor job. Pardon my language. If I say this, I mean, of, of doing of a sales job on this role, right? There's, there could be a potentially look, you know, saying, look, you're going to be part of something really big. You really want to have, and that's the, the, the call out. I put the board directors to get involved, at least with the society and with our, or with our summit is saying, look, do you really want to be content with just plodding along? Yeah. Or wouldn't your life, isn't your life much more meaningful when you said, you know what? I played a small part of that role and my ideas were taken forth on this and they were considered you know, and, and move forward on this. Or I was part of that, that dialogue to move this organization, this movement forward. That's mm-hmm. what motivates people. That's what gets people really excited behind you to be able to do all those other important listening there. We don't do anything about yeah. that to, to, to communicate that important uh, check or even the very least of it, doing a little check-in and say, Patrick, how's this working out for you? Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, I find fascinating because I've, I've gone, I've experienced great board members, yeah. awful board members, and like <laughs> everything in between, right? We all have. Yeah. They're just, but they're people, they're humans, and mm-hmm. they either get along with people and you don't. Um, one of the things that I found interesting, and maybe people who are listening to this kind of can relate, is that if there's an executive director who's got a relationship with the board chair and maybe board or directors, but everybody underneath, maybe the the fundraising person that doesn't have a relationship, I was I experienced where the expectations because I wasn't the ED was not to engage and have any relationship with board members outside of the board meeting where I'm coming in and expected to mm. do X, Y, and Z. And the minute that there was a friendly tone struck or a personal accord with one of the board members, that made our executive directors, you know, sort of ears perk and go, whoa, 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 not your role. 
not not your duty is to sort of be a part of the friend circle. You're a, in a professional capacity here. Don't don't cross a line. And I think that's a curious thing that I'd love to ask you about is what what yeah. have you seen as an expectation? Is it is it the employee's role to understand and get to know some of the board members? Or is it solely the executive director who's sort of puppet mastering sort of the, yeah. the agenda itself? Because I think there's a delicate balance. You don't want to get too overly friendly. But in order to understand and get to know your board members on a deeper level, you have to be somewhat of a personal person to understand where they're coming from and asking a little bit deeper questions than how is your day? That's a, that's a tricky question. And these, it is a bit of a sticky wicket, isn't it? Right. Uh, because look, I'm going to, I'm going to give a, a few points, but my own perspective of frankly, of, uh, of being a former president CEO, I would say often in my board, you have one employee. Mm-hmm. It's me. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. It's me. I'm the one that lists and the, uh, and, and the proverbial buck stops with me. Mm-hmm. You're not happy with so-and-so like this. You need to go through me and I will, and I will handle it. And that would be my, my, my job more right. or less to be able to re- relay that because you don't want to send a situation where the executive director or like that is no. being overmined, whether intentionally or not right now, should there be no rapport, no contact? Uh, probably not. I, I don't think that being ha- that that's that's healthy either. And and that strikes me, frankly, of a little bit of honestly, if, if you've got an executive director, is but on the but on the control freak uh, perspective, my advice to them is somebody there is yep. be careful about that. Be careful about how you how far you do that. Certainly, there has to be a degree of that. There has to be anything like that, but I, I think play it out. And depending on the situation per se, board directors, I also encourage you to understand that a role that there should be a, a, a friend, in my, in my view, a friendly relationship, but not as close that you should try to establish with the, with your executive director. Right. What uh, we get a lot of a horse blinders on as leaders in the nonprofit world, right? Mm-hmm. Cause we're the, or concentrating on one thing and it's probably fundraising or yeah. if the programs are a little um, cattywampus and, uh, and we get into board meetings where we forget that those we're dealing with are human beings and they're not yeah. a part of the team too. Any tips and tricks on how we can maintain our relationship composure, even though there's something pressing from the board to do and not be, yeah. and not be so business oriented. I mean, I know there's processes yeah. and features and right. You have to do that, but there's a human element to making some of these broader decisions. And if we forget that while we are having a conversation, I think it goes a little bit um, away from either mission or personal centric or Indeed. the reason why these people are on there. Any tips and tricks on how you can, as an executive director, maintain that in the back of your brain that these are people too? Yeah, that, that, that's an excellent question. I, I, I thought often after what occurred to me is this is where I could have you know done better in that because I, I just just my nature of a very yeah. efficient and, and, and run through the checklist and all like this. Be careful about that. Um, one is really important to, 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 to take the time where it's needed to invest in those relationships and getting uh, that. Uh, I think that that, that that proverbial time down in the bar, if you will, after board meeting like that is actually really, really, really important. More so than I, if I, I look back on that, is, uh, is more, more important than, than you realize. Mm-hmm. Taking the time to get to know them. But it's also important, very important, to always try to consistently remind yourself that nobody joins a board mm-hmm. 
because they want to get into the minutia. If they did, that's a, that's a red flag. Honestly, you don't want, you don't want people like that. Like that. You need to give them the top details, frankly, and keep it on a strategic level. The reason why people will serve on a board, as I said, is be part of bigger, uh, be part of something bigger than themselves. But the interesting thing that often asked when I, a follow-up question I'd ask them is what would cause you to leave? Yeah. What would cause you to leave? Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing with board, most board directors, at least the good ones, is that they're not going to make a big hullabaloo like this. They'll probably just finish up either. They'll all just politely desist and like that, or just not finish, not renew their term like this and say, thank you. And, We'll all never know the know the real difference behind that. Right. They'll say, I feel like my time and talents were not being utilized. Mm-hmm. Time, talents, and expertise and my and my expertise were really being utilized. I wasn't being consulted mm-hmm. on these things, the big on the big thing. And I didn't see progress on the mission. Now the two of those things are really good, important to put, uh, put together because if you don't feel like you're investing your time mm-hmm. as a expert, and that's primarily what we go towards boards for, we're looking for an advisory type of role mm-hmm. because you as an executive director, you cannot possibly know everything. No. You know, a smart leader knows, okay, I don't know this and this and this, but you know what? I'm going to go and get the people on my team who do. Yep. And, I, and I'll get my council of advisors and say, okay, here's the situation. What do we, you need to be really approaching it from that perspective. Don't get into the details and say and, and, and ask for that. There, I think the most board directors, if they feel that they're regularly consulted, that they're valued, and they're putting forth on the, the, these inputs are there, um, you're, you're going to have a much better "quote unquote" boss. Yeah. As a result of that, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I think um, is interesting that you brought up is you're almost describing um, how an HR department would approach a an employee. In yeah. the sense that um, a lot of employees probably leave because they didn't feel valued or they didn't feel like their their talents were being used correctly. Is there a role if you're big enough for an organization, if you're a mid-sized group yeah. that has an HR director, is there a role for you to think and connect with your HR department about how you are interacting with your donors? Not necessarily to build yeah. the process and procedures, but like, hey, what things are we doing to maintain talent within our organization and how can we apply that maybe to a board member to, to see what that looks like, to almost engage at that Absolutely, way? absolutely. You know, one of our, uh, one of our, our big speakers, Daryl Upsell, um, is at, at the summit. Now, if you don't know about who Daryl Upsell is, uh, you, need to, you need to look him up. Daryl is the, probably the, is the guy that UN aid agencies go to, UN, uh, you know, Amnesty International at the international level and say, we need a CEO. Can you help us? This mm-hmm. guy's recruited in 62 countries and, you know, or sorry, six in 205 organizations around the world. He goes mm-hmm. to Geneva and he, and, he, and he puts these people in place there. Right. So he's, he's speaking. And he, he has even said that a number of these bigger organizations will actually go out to the particular effort of saying, we need you to help us build a pipeline of, of really well-connected people to join our board. Right. And as a result of that, they put the time in to get, you know, people like from secretary, UN secretary general, like big names to be able to serve on this because they know the concept of the fact that if they put that concerted effort in of having the right people around their advisory board, amazing things happen on the fundraising things, phone calls get answered. And we Mm -hmm. all know that 
the best donations are individual uh, donation, uh, right. you know, gifts and gifts and that there. Uh, that the greatest ideas and the doors get open for other pro- problems, or, or these these are these are really critical things because they're cognizant of the fact that now, admittedly, that's going to be we're talking MC International as a, as a behemoth in the nonprofit world, mm-hmm. but the, how how do you model that on uh, on a smaller scale? You nonetheless have to have a really I said at the very least uh, the executive director and the, and and the, and the C and and the board chair need to have a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. wherein you're at least conscious of this fact. Yeah. You're conscious of this fact. Now, one of the things that with one of the organizations I help manage, it's Learning Disabilities Association of Canada, we made a very clear offer and said, look, let's not in our stra- strategic planning, let's not focus so much on the what. We have to focus first and foremost and put a big emphasis on the who. Mm-hmm. Who do we really like that? We've got about nine spots that are available on our board that up to our, in our, in our uh, bylaws and constitution. Do we want to fill them up just with warm bodies? No, we're willing to wait. We want the right people in the right seats uh, as, as well. And, and with making a conscious effort of saying, you know what, this is how, what, help us build this, build this organization and what its full potential is. I, I see a lot of great opportunity for that organization. I've seen other opportunities with other organizations that at least become conscious of that. They've right. created, in this instance, a special committee. Mm-hmm. A recruitment committee to be able to right. really think of that there to yeah. be able to think about that and filling those roles in the, with the right people. That's well. interesting. I love that as a perspective, and I think that's really one of the things that um, that I, again we don't think about that enough. We don't think about it from a board's perspective. We don't ask them the right questions. We don't. Uh, we once they're there, now they're part yeah. of the machine, right? So there's no uh, continuous relationship building with that individual because we got them. Right. Ah, we nailed them. And that's and that's really a problem with with uh, with uh, with donors as well. Right? If you get this, this almost becomes a transactional relationship rather than something that's a little uh, uh, elevated. than, than that, right. right. If you get a donor right, right. and you thank them and you're done. Great. You got a board right. member. You woo them. They're in. You're done. And that's just yeah. where begin, because if you don't start cultivating a better and deeper relationship with them, they're going to walk. They're not going to be invested. They're going to be that warm body that you mentioned uh, as well. If only there was some sort of summit or some sort of <laughs> event that one could help uh, sort of do this. Uh, talk to me about this because I'm so curious uh, of putting together a uh, sort of a nonprofit board summit, right? It's something that yeah. we don't see a lot. No, we don't. Um, at all. It's right. It's never concentrated and specifically uh, geared towards board members or the concept of board members. Talk to me about that. How'd you come up with this? And, sure, and what does sure, that entail? Sure. Yeah, well, it, it, it leads back, frankly, to my time when I was going through this exploratory fashion like this. And I think that sometimes we all have our own histories and stories and we have to go through certain things where mm-hmm. I was became really aware. I wanted to be really aware of the other side of the coin. I learned, I, and in my own association background, as I said, I think there's no better way to learn than from your colleagues, your peers, right. content that happens, that happens like this. This is why there's associations like uh, the AFP Association Fundraising Professionals, uh, CSA, uh, CSA's Canadian Society of Association Executives, the American counterpart of ASAE, all these kinds of other organizations. There's even corporate board director uh, or, or associations. Right. So inevitably, when I was trying to learn more of this, I started to think, well, I need to go and talk to where there's going to be this. And I was amazed. I was shocked and awed, Patrick, that there was nothing out there. Nothing out there. I mean, all of these various organizations, they kind of talk about it on the periphery. Right. It's kind of a, it's kind of an afterthought and like this. Mm-hmm. And, and then I said, well, 
gosh darn it, no wonder we keep on repeating the same darn thing because nonprofits, we all kind of, uh, uh, we operate in our own silos. So if you're a health related nonprofit or charity, you, you're going to know maybe other organizations that are similar in your, in your same sphere. But somebody on the board, for example, who's really passionate about that, the chances that they're going to know somebody on an environmental NGO or uh, you know a, a chamber of commerce or a trade association, I mean, it's possible. Is it likely? No. Mm-hmm. And yet, they kept on repeating the same dang thing, maybe on a different issue, but it was a really relatively simple, simple thing. Right. And I thought, my God, if only of these board directors, which we set them up with virtually no training. I mean, how do we expect somebody to be a leader with so many fiduciary responsibilities like this? How do we, how do we set them up for success when we basically just give them a little bit of the manual with due respect? It's usually filtered through the the perspective of an executive director. Who's I'm sorry. We have, we have a bit of an agenda that's different like there. How do we expect to to really honestly set them up for success and, and better yet attract the people who are really, really busy so as try as I might, I couldn't find anything. So we, I put together a formal, an informal group called the Society of Nonprofit Board Directors. We put it out a call out. If you're a board director, would you like to learn like this? And I was quite surprised back in 2018 or so that that people were joining on and on getting this. But along came, you know, along came now COVID. We've seen the uh, importance, frankly, and the opportunity that exists with uh, with with virtual conferences, virtual mm-hmm. events. And I said. You know, gosh darn it, we've been managed to have some success and organically growing little bit by bit, but now, if anything, is really the time, and I'm uh, to to give this opportunity for people around the world. And I'm blessed. I just checked this morning, as of, as of this morning, over 180 registrants from around the world that have registered. Yeah, uh, met multiple continents. We have speakers that are from range from Australia, Canada, United States, Spain, England, um, and and they keep on joining on this. So clearly, there's there's a desire for people who want to be change leaders, who want to make an impact, who want to know the difference too, because it's not easy. You know, executive directors complain that they don't want to stay in line. A lot of executive, a lot of board directors, they don't want to become a micromanager, but they don't want to be this, but nobody tells them clearly what that, what that looks like. Right. So this is going to be a one week, full weekend training where you get the ability to be able to learn about that, to learn about your role, how to be more strategic, Right. Mm-hmm. And also have sometimes have those difficult conversations that don't necessarily happen and need to happen. Like, for example, how to be courageous. Our, our keynote speaker, Margie Worrell, uh, Margie Worrell, who speaks, who's going to be, who's, who's uh, experienced on the, on the international stage working with mm-hmm. the UN agencies and counseling, you know, board leaders and like this about how to have difficult conversations. You imagine how difficult it is. You simply just want to come in as a volunteer you're a leader, and now you're confronted with, a, let's say, a board director who's not necessarily pulling your weight. Maybe you got to give a little bit of guidance or performance management executive who might probably has more experience than you. All these <laughs> right. kinds of, all these kinds of things. I, I challenge executive directors try to think of it from their perspective. This is not easy yeah. either. Mm-hmm. This is not easy either. So what we do, we've done is we've created this summit that we're getting a lot of board like this, but we think that frankly we're only going to have the, as much success as if we get the, uh, the executive directors on board with sending their board members in this. Yep. Okay. Yep. So if they go to nonprofitboardsummit.org slash EDS, so slash, uh, short for executive directors, EDS there, you can learn a lot about, about how you can get your whole of your board, several board members, and we've even got a special uh, uh, pricing packages for, for, for all of them to be able to attend. And yes, this is strictly a board, uh, an event just for the boards. Nothing, nothing wrong with this. 
guys, you, you have your events. You're, 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 you have lots of opportunity for this, for like this. But what we happen to come across with the old method, and we're trying to disrupt this a bit about board uh, tra training and development, is that it's usually incumbent upon a weekend retreat. Weekend facilitator comes in and charges up, upwards of $5,000, $15,000. And the training is either forgotten in six months or but because you got a brand new board, you got to rinse and repeat and do the whole darn thing again. And that's assuming, of course, you as an executive director can even get the funding or get the agreement from your board to want to do this. It's a lot better at $47 per person at this point, at this point in time. It's going to be scheduled to go up a little bit there uh, per, per board member to get them in and get them training. And they can connect with change makers from around the world and bring lessons back about how they can be a much more effective board leader. So it's... Yeah nonprofitboardsummit.org slash EDS. I love it. We're going to have those in the show notes uh, as well. So get, get, get over there. And again, what a nice treat to have your board too. Hey, we, we'd like to underwrite this, have you go through it. Here's the trainings. Here's the kind of things you're going to bring back. Um, uh, anything you can do together to kind of grow and understand each other and, and ask those questions. I think it's a really good growth pattern too. So, and as, uh, and as you said, it, you can't afford not to at this point, uh, if you're curious about what that is, uh, that's a great investment of time and talent and treasure. And I think if you can, uh, if you can get you wrap your head around why on earth your board members do the things they do and what their background is, and what their passion is, you've solved 99% of the problems of your board stuff already. And I think yeah. that's really where the perspective of this conversation has been really fun is that that becomes the, that becomes a different way of thinking. And that different way of thinking is going to uh, signal to your board that you're um, a little more purposeful with why they're there, what they're doing and how mm -hmm. you're going to interact. And that purposefulness will be reflective in how well they work with you, uh, what questions they ask, how engaged they become. And at the end of the day, that's really what you want as a board member anyway, right? You want somebody who asks better questions and is better engaged about that. The best bosses, and this has took me a long time, believe it or not, are actually the most informed ones. Mm -hmm. There you go. The best conversations, the board meetings, I, I, I've been through as an executive director where after the end of it, I go to my staff and say, wow, we survived another one. We went through that one. And then I've been on the other ones, the other conversations where I, I like mind blown. I'm like, wow, that was a really cool conversation. I feel personally challenged and growth and like that. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that if you get, you can get your board on, on board with that in going in that direction, tell you something, you're going to enjoy going to work. You're going to, you're, you're going to look forward to it. You're going to view no that you don't need to look at your board as at this adversarial type of right. approach. When I sometimes I see this too far often in the blog sphere, it yeah. should be a collaborative one, one that feeds off each other where you're leveraging each other's expertise. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, absolute pleasure. Uh, so glad that you're doing this. So glad that you're bringing this topic up and uh, really nice meeting you. And it's always nice to meet a, further, uh, a fellow northerner. <laughs> and I think the Fargo is like the northernmost thing uh, ever. And I get somebody who's got a better northern accent than I do. That's a great addition to the official Do Good Better podcast. Mark, thanks so much for being a guest on today. Thank you. Documenting donor information is the most important thing you can do as a fundraiser, as a nonprofit organization. And hey, if you don't know where to start and try to figure out where and what system to get, go to DonorDoc.com. DonorDoc is the CRM system, the donor database system. It has wonderful reporting. It has easy to use dashboards. 
Frankly, it's the greatest thing that you will have at your disposal as a fundraising organization. Go to DonorDoc.com. There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at dogoodbetterconsulting.com.